Absolute Wisdom, Episode 3. I'm The Wiz, and with me today as a special guest is Brendan Hull. Thanks for being here, Brendan. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the Bill could not be here today, but uh, he called in to remind us that lamb hair is actually called wool. Um, you might know Brendan's uh, work from my website. He's the one who created the X and Y album art generator, which proved to be the most popular website of all time, actually. Um, I checked it at, uh, I guess it was about 4 o'clock this morning. Uh, so Google had only been tracking it for about an hour. And uh, I'd already received 23 hits. So uh, it, gets, it gets a few hundred a day, which is pretty amazing. And Brandon's also in the vocal cords and uh, asked me to do uh, DVDs for them. And there's about a one-year turnaround time on those. <laughs> <laughs> but we're hoping to get the next one out by, uh, by the December. Um, yeah, by December. By graduation, that. right? Um, which year? This year? Well, I'm planning on graduating in May. Hopefully, me too. We'll see. Okay. Sounds good. Uh, now we're going to do a new segment. It's called That 2004 Show. This episode takes place in October of 2004. All right, we're just going to play ourselves here. Ready? Yo, B, my iPod plays pictures in color. Wow. Something that small shows pictures? They should make one that plays video. Brandon, people don't want to watch video on their iPods. Steve said so. Well, I want to. Maybe you should give your buddy that information. All right, you know what? I will. It's called 1-800-MY-APPLE. <laughs> Speed dial number one. Hey, Uncle Steve. Some Windows loser tells me that you should make an iPod video. <laughs> OK, yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Okay, he says he'll uh, get right on it as soon as Boston wins the World Series. I'll do one better. If the curse is broken, I'll buy a Mac. Well, it's now October of 2005. The uh, Red Sox did win the World Series. Yeah. Brendan and Steve are both honest people, so that iBook sitting right there is, is Brendan's. And that's why he's here today. I'm going to uh, interview him. Uh, find out what it's like to be a uh, true switcher because yeah. um, you know that doesn't really apply to me since I grew up with a Mac and I am pure. Um, so what made you consider the Mac in, in the first place? Not like why did you buy but why did you even think well, about it? it? Well maybe consider it was, um, was the software, the operating system. Um, that was built on Unix. In fact I could use that for uh, my programming stuff that I, I just taken an interest in Unix about a year and a half ago with FreeBSD, and to have Unix running um, with, you know, so easy to use with all, all the stuff that makes a Mac come together and easy to use, it was ultimately what made me look into, you know, is this something that I could really work with to replace what I do on my Windows machine? Well, let's mm -hmm. see if I can do so that. So it was basically the, uh, the OS 10 uh, era that brought you into it. So yeah. before that, you probably didn't even consider. Right. Um, you liked maybe the idea, but didn't in, think in it was fact, practical. I, um, I, I went to look back at some of the things that changed between OS X and some of the earlier revisions. And 
like the previous operating systems really weren't that good and the technology behind them like it just I, I think that was what you know used to turn me off on the Mac was that it, it wasn't up to par with Windows but I'd say that now with OS 10 that absolutely uh, it's uh, it is okay I might disagree with you a little bit there <laughs> but uh, you know to each his own uh, and then why did you finally decide to go for it other than you know considering it well um, I guess it was they just came out with those new uh, iBooks and all of a sudden they included everything that I wanted to have in it, the built-in wireless, built-in Bluetooth, the, um, they upgraded the RAM from like 256 to 512. Um, I happened to also stick in another 512 to bring it to a gig, but it all of a sudden what came with the laptop at a price that I could afford it was what I wanted. So I bought it that week that they came out with the new ones and I uh, haven't looked back since. Awesome, yeah. And the uh, was it easy to understand like the product line that Apple had because they have their pro line, you know, the PowerBooks and the PowerMacs, and then they have the uh, the consumer line, which would be like the iMac and the iBook, and there's the Mac Mini, which is kind of, you know, all the way down at the bottom. Um, well, yeah, I mean, actually, when it came out with the Mac Minis. Um, that almost convinced me to go, you know, because I had the whole setup, whatever, and it was really inexpensive. And but ultimately, I decided to get the uh, laptop. And I was looking at the laptops. Um, I don't really see how the 12-inch PowerBook fits in with things because it doesn't seem to have much that the iBook doesn't. And it's, you know, it, I don't really see the advantage to buying a 12-inch PowerBook. So that that was the only thing that wasn't clear to me. Well, why would you get this if you're gonna, you know, you're gonna spend that much money? Why don't you save some money and get the iBook, or why don't you spend a little more and get one of the, the more powerful, the bigger uh, iBooks? I mean, the uh, PowerBooks. But okay. that was something I haven't figured out yet. And it made sense as to you know what software would come with things and stuff, because a lot of people get confused. I'll be in the computer store, and uh, someone has a PowerBook or a Power Mac, and they wonder why it doesn't come with all the games or word processing or, oh, or really know. anything. I didn't even realize that. Yeah, it's it's um, it's actually the the consumer models come with more software, because the Pro Macs are really Apple serious. They're supposed to be Pro machines, because you know Apple doesn't really make any low end stuff. You know, really low end like right. the uh, the other companies. So they think it's actually getting a consumer level computer is not actually a bad thing, and you can get by with it. So anyone who's buying like a Power Mac is probably gonna be buying their own software anyway. Right. And uh, it just, that's one thing that I found confuses some people. Well, and, uh, didn't confuse me. I didn't even know that yeah. was the case. Yeah, if it has an eye <laughs> in it, it usually comes with stuff. Before that, they had the Performa series. I had one of those. Uh, those came with things too. Um, ordering process was fine. You, I think you did it online, yeah, right? Yeah, it was fine. Um, through, direct through Apple, right? Right, apple.com. They sent me like a free printer and an iPod mini and all this other stuff. Uh, and that was all through student discount. Yeah, exactly. Right? Okay. And uh, so the initial reactions, you know, you finally get the computer, right? What's, like... First thing that hits me is that sound. Um, I remember back in, like, second grade or whatever, we'd play Oregon Trail on the computers, and uh, it would have that same startup sound. <laughs> so <laughs> that was the first thing I noticed. Um, but yeah, the, what, I, what I like about it is uh, just the way things work. Um, you open it up and, and it comes to it comes awake really quickly. You close it, it goes to sleep really quickly. Like these are things on previous Windows laptops I used that didn't happen. That you know it was nice to have just work so well with uh, the Mac. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sleep is something that they they finally got down. It uh, it didn't always work that well. Um, so what what's been like? the best thing that you found about 
about the Mac so far in terms of an advantage over Windows? Um, I like that it has GarageBand. It's been fun. <laughs> that that is a pretty cool app. I, the the intro music for uh, this podcast I actually made using GarageBand. Uh, yeah. And uh, my M Audio keyboard. <laughs> yeah, I hooked that up to a MIDI keyboard and started playing around with the that uh, the upright bass and the lead guitar and you get uh -huh. the effects and you get some really cool stuff going. Um, I, li I like I like all that stuff that comes, but like like I was saying before, the thing that I just like about it is it really works. Everything comes together pretty well. With um, for example, uh, on the vocal cords website, we have little uh, pictures of people's faces to get to their bios pages, and so I want to put those pictures as part of their address book, their uh, their profiles in the address book. All I got to right. do is I got to click on it in the browser and just kind of drag it over into the address book application, and there you go. I've uh, assigned a picture to them, and not nothing really works like that in Windows. Yeah, the the uh, drag and drop is pr is pretty amazing actually. You can drag from any application to any other application. Um, you don't even have to copy and paste anymore, which is uh, pretty nice. Uh, but just so this doesn't sound like you know a total Apple commercial, there's got to be something that frustrated you. Um, yes. Um, first week, I was trying to put together an Apple script to resize some images um, for actually for the Code's website in the gallery. And what was it? I couldn't the JPEG compression the JPEG compression that I could access with Apple Script wasn't getting it at a small enough file size to quality. Like the compression that I could get doing stuff in Photoshop was much better. Right. Uh, the file the quality to file size and what I could get by doing that in Apple Script and I kind of felt like well if I'm gonna have to do this in Photoshop anyway what's the point of of using this Apple Script anyway if it you know because I I was like really excited that this image converting stuff and everything built right into the operating system and right. I, that's one of the things I was looking forward to was all right so look look at all the stuff I can do to build these uh, tools to to make my life easier but I'm ending up not having to use them and I've got to turn to uh, outside applications anyway so that was a little disappointing. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I wonder if Photoshop is uh, Apple Script. I think it is. Uh, probably. I think it is. Plus, Apple, uh, Photoshop has their own automation right. system there. What I, what I ended up doing was just writing a script as a Photoshop script in JavaScript right. so it could be run on Apple or Mac. Um, yeah, yeah Photoshop definitely, through with its image-ready uh, technology, can do a, a better job with compression. It gives you a lot uh, more options. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think the uh, compression that the uh, OS uses is just kind of, if you want something fast and you're not too worried about adjusting the size, um, it seems to lean more towards quality. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, what was the one thing on, or, you know, multiple things on Windows that you're, you're kind of glad to not have to worry about now? Um, a lot of people would probably say viruses and spyware. Absolutely. Um, I haven't installed any antivirus stuff on that because I haven't read about anything that's really going to get on that. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, that's huge, so I don't have to worry about that. Um, other than that, um, oh, I like uh, not having a Windows registry. It's always a, a real pain, you know. You install something, and then if it uninstalls, you don't know if it's actually going to install everything, and then something mm -hmm. corrupts the registry, and all, all this other stuff that you don't have to deal with. Um, with Mac, I like that. Yeah, they, things are a lot simpler now, and the the older operating systems had you know extensions and stuff, and it was kind of a little more Windowsy. But uh, yeah, I, I I like the way that that OS 10 works. 
Um, so what are your, uh, your basic uh, applications that, that you use every day? What's always open? Mail. As soon as I boot my computer, assuming it's not coming from sleep, open up mail, open up uh, iCal, uh, get the dashboard right now. On the dashboard, I have some sticky notes. I have a weather monitor, and I have another one that you'll uh, pull from my iCal and show the events coming up in the next couple of days. Um, now, is that one from Apple, or is that no, okay. some, some third party? I forget who it was. And also, Safari is always running just so it's quick and easy to go to someplace. Now, you used Firefox on Windows, right? Yeah, I used Firefox on Windows. I have also on the Mac installed Firefox, uh, Opera, Camino, and Safari, mostly so I can do some web development testing, make sure things are working right, across right. browsers. But Safari does what I need. It's quick, um, and that, that's what I keep running. Okay. So you didn't feel like you had to stay tied to Firefox? No, no. Yeah. I found the same thing. I downloaded Firefox as everyone else was, but uh, yeah, I just keep going back to uh, Safari. And uh, but you told me you, you don't do RSS. Not but, so much. No. Um, in fact, what's probably showing right there is an RSS, uh, a baseball RSS feed, part of the screensaver that uh, Apple's got. And I have it showing, you know, baseball headlines. Although now that the World Series is, you know, approaching and will soon be over. <laughs> not going to be too much information to yeah. show on a screensaver anymore. Well, you know, you know, uh, my website has an RSS feed, so well, you could I'm going to have uh, to change the screensaver yeah, to that, of yeah. course. Um, that's that's basically all I've really used RSS for. Otherwise, I you know just kind of visit the websites. I I, I know its advantages. I just haven't bothered setting stuff up yet. Mm -hmm. Now, out of those apps that you mentioned, there's I'm assuming there's a Windows equivalent for um, all of them. Right. For mail, I used to use Outlook Express. Um, for the calendar thing, I used to use um, Firefox's, I forget what they called that thing, um, but the, the, the Mozilla calendar. Um, and Safari, obviously, I was using Firefox. Um, nothing really the dashboard. But um, the, the one thing I like about this, though, is, like, for example, the address book, you set somebody up, you, you know, their email address, their picture, their names, their birthdays. All this stuff gets tied together. When you get an email from someone, it shows their little picture right there if you've got it. If you, um, if you, if you have your calendar set up to show birthdays, it'll look what's in the address book and it'll show all the upcoming birthdays. And so everything, everything that I used to have separate programs for in Windows, now all of a sudden in Mac they can all talk to each other, and, it, and they do when it makes sense. Right. Yeah, and then once you get into using the iLife applications, you'll notice that as well. Um, you know, iDVD accesses the iMovie. Uh, the iMovies that you made and your music library and iPhoto can grab stuff from your music and everything else grabs from iPhoto. And then even third-party developers have access to all that too. Um, you know, for my blogging software, I can access my photo library and and uh, yeah, it just makes sense. And my Flickr uh, uploader can access iPhoto. It's you need you need to get into Flickr though. <laughs> One of these days I'll get you on there. I don't take enough pictures. So it's a, it's addicting though. <laughs> and so uh, any you don't have any like questions for me though, right? Burning Mac, you would have already asked me that, right? Yeah. No. Any general no. comments about the switch? Advice. Advice. Um, if you were hesitant Do to it. try it, uh, yeah, give it a try. Um, Ask me if you uh, if there's any particular thing you're worried about. Like, well, if I'm gonna, am I gonna be able to do this? Am I gonna, you know, getting? I have them at home. They're networked together. Um, them always moving files back and forth. Whatever I need to have them do, I can. You know, for example, I keep iTunes running on my home PC, and I let this guy stream over the network, and I don't even have to copy all my songs over. Um, 
it's really easy to get them working together. And that's that's basically how I'm using it right now is I keep my desktop for things that make sense to do in the PC, which is mostly just because that's where I've been doing them. And then I keep uh, the laptop for things that uh, I want to do on the Mac. And uh, actually, one of the things we haven't talked about, Xcode. Um, yeah. If you're, if you're doing any Unix programming classes or anything, it's, uh, <laughs> it really is a great way to do uh, development. And, and and it does multiple languages, right? It yeah, does, you can uh, do a bunch. Um, I'm, I'm taking a uh, Unix programming class in C right now. And so everyone else is, you know, doing stuff over the terminal and uh, in the computer labs, whatever. I, I can sit in my and bed. And if the uh, network goes down at Hopkins, which it does. Yep. They, uh, yeah. I'll be fine. They won't be. It's <laughs> good. And so one of the things that I know people are concerned about um, when they switch is they think, well, everyone uses Windows, so it's probably safer to use that. Not safe in terms of security, obviously. It's right. not. Um, but, um, you know, you're going off to college, right? And, uh, well, you know, the school probably supports Windows, and I want to be able to get on the network, and I want to be able to get support if I need it. And, um, and you know, what if all the websites don't work? Do you feel like you're... Now, I know you still have Windows to, to kind of fall back on, and I'll ask you about that, but um, do you feel like as a Mac, when you're a Mac user, you're like a mistreated minority, <laughs> like it's kind of hard to get by, or is I, everything... I, I kind of feel like... feel like you have to fall back on Windows for anything? I, f I feel like Mac users are so hardcore about their Macs that there's... that. They're, they're willing to help me work through anything that, you know, you come across. You don't have to worry about that. And um, as far as compatibility with stuff goes, you know, Unix has much better networking stuff than Windows ever did. So there's not, it's not even a question of, well, I'm, I'm not going to be able to connect to this network. Well, yeah, you can. It's, it's got it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, that, that, that was fine. Awesome. And, oh, and one of your tips that I found uh, was interesting. I was talking to you, and uh, I brought up Quicksilver that uh, quick app application uh, uh, launching utility. And you said that when you want to launch an app, app you just go into Spotlight yeah. and type the name in. Press control space, type in the first few letters of the app you're looking for, and then uh, press the uh, the Apple key, and then that's it. Hit enter, and then you're in the application. Yeah, I, I've started to use that, actually. I wasn't even using Quicksilver before. I mean, I had tried it out, um, never really got hooked on it. Um, but yeah, I think that's... You know, you're already giving us tips. It's kind of cool. <laughs> and uh, so you said people get hardcore about the Macs. You're like, are you starting to follow the Mac news more? Um, a little bit. It's been kind of busy. I mean, you always knew what weeks. was going on. I knew in, right in the tech world. But. I knew, I, you know. So I was, I, I saw the Apple announcements before, mm -hmm. and you know, often they would catch my eye. Um, now I can understand a little bit more the ramifications of what these products are coming out with and how it's going to affect the All users right. of Macs. Um, they've been kind of busy recently. <laughs> yeah, it's every every week. There's a there's a new uh, press release. Yeah. Recently, they they updated. It was more the pro line that they updated. Uh, Aperture, I thought, was the coolest thing. A lot of people don't. I think there's a lot of confusion around Aperture though, because um, they thought you know it was something that Apple kind of had in their arsenal, like you know the day Adobe drops Photoshop for Mac. <laughs> you know, the version falls behind, we, we're just going to pull this out. But it's really not meant to be a uh, Photoshop color. It's more of a, a compliment. Well, I wouldn't say that's a compliment to Photoshop. I'd say Photoshop is more of a compliment to Aperture now because mm -hmm. Aperture kind of runs the show, and it's, uh, you know, the photo management. It takes everything from, you know, acquisition to uh, organization to publishing. Yeah. Uh, you know, whether you're going to print or to uh, some digital form. And, uh, you know, it does some 
image adjustment, you know, I can adjust levels, stuff like that. But Photoshop, I think, will still be the king of uh, manipulation. Right, Photoshop is Photoshop. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's, you can't, you can't kill it now. Although, you know, it's, things do change. Like, it's really weird what happened to like Avid and Adobe in the in the video world. Um, Final Cut's really starting to break into that, and uh, I don't know what happened first either. You know, Apple saw Avid starting to slow their de development on the Mac, or uh, maybe Avid knew that Apple was developing Final Cut, and then they started uh, falling behind. But uh, I don't know. I just think it's interesting that someone could go into a market that's been dominated for so long and uh, make a difference. The interesting well, they uh, they just released yeah. um, OpenOffice.org too, either yesterday or today. Um, and, and that's, uh, you know, kind of similar, too, where, you know, you got Microsoft Office, which is clearly just owns the uh, entire Office uh, yeah, market share. Um, actually, that, that helped make the switch to Mac easier because I was, I mean, you can run Microsoft Office on the Mac, too. Um, but I was already dealing with, you know, am I, am I an outsider now? Because I was running OpenOffice. I didn't have uh, Microsoft Word or Excel or anything on my uh, PC. I was running OpenOffice. So... I installed Neo Office on my laptop, and I, and so it was, I had kind of already worked through, and I'm, I'm kind of always had to go. Well, people send me uh, .doc files, and I can open them up in uh, um, and on my laptop or my PC, fine. But I've I've already kind of worked through the uh, well. I'm using a different software than everyone else anyway, so getting yeah. to the Mac was is easy after that, actually. Right. Yeah. I I can't stand Word. It's not it's not an anti Microsoft thing. I've kind of you know, I used to be, yeah, you know, Microsoft is horrible and all that, but uh, Word is just one of the strangest applications I've ever worked with. And you think like a word processor and with someone like Microsoft who has this team of engineers, you'd think that they could get that right. <laughs> but, I mean, I, I used AppleWorks forever, which was very, it was very simple. It didn't do much, but it worked. And, uh, and now I write papers and text edit. <laughs> I read as, as an RTF, and and then you know I'll copy and paste it into Word if you know the professor insists on dot doc. But you know, um, anyway, so we kind of got off track of Aperture, yeah, yeah. but um, the, the you've heard about the workflow with it, right? You can work with raw images or JPEGs, right? right. You know, they're all in the same now, and uh, it's completely non-destructive editing. What it, th I heard, now I don't know if it's true, but I heard there's not even a save command in this program. It just logs all <laughs> of your commands to a, a SQL database. Oh, and cool. uh, and it, you know, it keeps all your files under lock and key and all the originals, and then you can export uh, your changes from there. But you can just go back at any time, which is, you know, I'm kind of used to that with video editing, like Final Cut. You never change your source media ever. Right. You you just you know add filters and stuff and it you know rent and it'll save a render file or something but um, it's kind of the same thing. Um, of course, Final Cut's starting to slow down on me that now that it's uh, on version uh, five or Final Cut Studio or whatever it is now and I'm still running on a dual one gigahertz G4. <laughs> but uh, now they have a new Power Max out. You know, there's the uh, the dual core, and then yeah. there's the dual dual core, dual, the that, quad core, that which is uh, pretty neat. And it's PCI Express now, um, so you know all the any PCI Express cards that you have, 
can actually put four graphics cards in this thing. They're all PCI Express. And uh, they have dual uh, DVI. That means it can actually hook up to eight of those uh, DVI displays, the uh, cinema displays. Of course, the 30-inch uh, limits you to four because each of those <laughs> requires two DVI uh, ports. But that's, that's just crazy. Like, it's definitely a high-end workstation computer. It's not a toy. I, um, I, th I think I saw that they had eight DIMM slots for RAM. That's, yeah, uh, up to 16 gigabytes. Six, that's amazing. 16 gigabytes. Now, you don't even try pricing that out on the Apple Store now because <laughs> it's crazy. And one of the graphics cards, the, uh, their high-end graphics cards they recommend for, like, scientific applications and stuff is it's over $1,500 oh, wow. for the one graphics card. Wow. But, you know, th these, these aren't toys. You can still get a, power a powerful iMac G5 if you just want to play around. But uh, I, I just think that's cool. So, and it's cool stuff. you know, when my video business or whatever is, you know, going well, I think I want to get one of those. <laughs> and the PowerBooks, I don't know. The screens were the, the big deal about that. They have higher resolution screens. Right. And they were already, um, you know, they weren't low resolution to begin with. So that, that was pretty impressive. Um, but not much else impressive about them. Uh, they're up to 120 gigs of storage optional. And um, they have the dual layer super drive, which writes the, uh, the plus DL. Um, or you also have the, uh, you know, the rewritables on both the, uh, the dash and the plus. Right. I heard you're not supposed to say minus. <laughs> Very careful with my wording there. But yeah, that's, I don't know, any non-Apple stuff going on in the tech world? Well, um, you got the HD DVD versus uh, Blu-ray. Blu which is crazy, because it's like, last I checked, it was, it's still kind of down the middle. Like it, and it, you know, yeah, sometimes um, it Warner looks like switched. one of them's gonna die, sometimes it looks like the other one's gonna die. Like it's it's really crazy how it's, it's flip-flopped like so yeah. much. It's going to be frustrating for everyone. Though. I think um, there to go, HP told, um, told Blu-ray the features from HD DVD that it wanted Blu-ray to support. Mm -hmm. um, but then, so, so, so then you're like, all right, so the momentum, I guess, is going in favor of, of HD DVD. Clearly, it's, you got these superior technologies. But then today, Warner's like, well, um, we just switched from HD DVD to Blu-ray. And you're like, oh, okay. And then um, you have Sony including the Blu-ray on their PlayStation 3. You have Microsoft not including either on their first generation uh, of, the, of their next Xbox. Yeah, the Xbox they say eventually right? they're going to go with the uh, HD DVD, but they're not even included in the first generation. I just saw Bill Gates. Uh, he was down in, I think, Virginia or D.C. there to go, and he was speaking at a college, and he said the reason why they're not including it on the um, Xbox 360 to start with at least is because you're not even neither one of these things is gonna win this is what he's saying Bill Gates is saying neither one of these things are gonna come out the winner and it's just gonna be you're gonna get all your content downloaded anyway so mm -hmm. optical storage is kind of uh, is, is you know on its last legs so Bill Gates is saying I don't know how uh, much I believe that I yeah, still I, think. I read about that he did his little college tour thing right. know, some of the stuff he said was Pretty interesting. You know, I don't really agree with the way Microsoft works, but uh, Bill Gates, in terms of being like a futurist, is usually pretty close to being on the ball. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, that's just something we'll have to wait and see, though. They DVD. They're going to obviously have to pick one. Right. They can't come out with both. We're not going to have another VHS beta. No, it, uh, 
consumers just won't stand for that. So there's there's going to be one standard, and I can't even. It's not even worth going into the advantages of one over the other because now you just read articles that you know it used to be that I think the Blu-ray had the better technical specifications, but HDVD was going to be easier and cheaper to manufacture. But then they find out that they don't even have working models of things that are right. up to spec, and you know right. it's does it doesn't make any sense. Um, yeah, that's that's really interesting. In terms of HD, though, I'm waiting for this Panasonic camera to come out. I don't remember the name of it. Um, probably embed a link in the uh, show notes on this. But um, it's coming out in December, I think. And it's broadcast quality HD uh, for around five or $6,000. Uh, you can probably get it, you know, even less than that, yeah. you know, from some uh, discount places. And it records to these uh, P2 memory sticks or something like huh. that. Yeah, it, they come in like eight gigs each. Oh, and wow. uh, yeah, yeah, right now you can't you can only record like 20 minutes or something. It's you know kind of ridiculous, but um, it's not HDV. HDV is the compressed format that records to mini DV, which is fine for consumers. But this is uh, broadcast quality, and not only does it uh, record HD, it records both. Uh, formats. It records the 1080i and the 720p. So oh, depending on cool. your content, you know, you can decide what you're doing. You know, you're doing a film. You 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 know, say, all right, not much action going on. Let's just go for the full 1080. Um, or if you're doing something with some action, sports or something, you probably want the progressive, right? Right. That makes sense. Right. That's so cool. I I thought that was interesting, and uh, I'm sort of work in Final Cut. Not sure what the uh, format of it is, but oh, it's it's it's, it's HD, HD Cam Pro or something, DVC Pro HD. I don't know. There's some format, but I'm I'm pretty sure Final Cut supports it. So that's cool. I, my camera is uh, my camera died, so I you know I have an old three chip. You know, it was a big deal at the time. Got a 1999 three chip Mini DV. Right. But um, yeah, I'm looking to upgrade this. You know, the price is a little. Up there, but um, yeah, you never know. It'd be an upgrade; it'd be good. Yeah, so you know, I, it might be an HD podcast in uh, a couple of years when I'm still doing this. Hopefully, and I'm, hopefully I'm sure you, you get a real good view of us right now. But yeah, watching this on your two-inch screen, you you know, lucky people with your iPod videos. <laughs> Maybe they're just watching on iTunes though. But yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, in any case, the video quality is going to be so low that you're not going to be able to see either of us. And. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I guess I should wrap this up, though, because, you know, I only have a limited amount of space on my iDisc, and I've been talking for a while. But I just wanted to say how I'm doing this podcast. It's um, the software I use is something called Podcast Maker from Potion Factory. I think it's just PotionFactory.com, or you can Google it. I don't know. But uh, it, it, it's, it's really good Mac software. It just makes sense. Like, you open it, you don't need to read the instructions, and you have a podcast in, like, two minutes. And I was reading the guy's, the developer's blog who made it, and he just switched to Mac less than a year ago, but he, like, totally gets it. So it's, I don't know, I thought that was pretty cool. The only problem is it's 30 bucks. I'm still on my trial period. <laughs> but um, I'm, I'm waiting off to the last possible second just, just in case he lowers the price. So I, I might email him the link to this podcast. Maybe he'll listen and lower the price for me. Huh? <laughs> I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you never know. But, um, yeah, that's it. So we're going to the podcast right now unless you have uh, anything else to say no thanks uh thanks for having me on the show it's yeah always a thanks pleasure. for dealing with all the problems we had 
Uh, yeah. It took us about like an hour to set up because they're looking for a, a room to use. Rooms, people coming in the rooms. We have this reserved. We can't get in. Rooms locked. We've got a tape, and then they only take J cash. But then I like pour fifty on my J card and dollars <laughs> and uh, whatever. At least you're watching something. Now. Yeah. All right. Thanks for <laughs> tuning in. <laughs>